0: Jesus, Jesus. Ooh, I'm gonna receive that Hallelujah thank you. Thank you, thank you. Okay. Oh. oh yeah, have a seat everybody. I do a lot better spontaneous. And I tried to prepare, so who knows where this is going to go, but y'all bear with me. I, I um, told my Brenda this morning on my way in that I was getting fearful. And then I started, I heard a song on the radio and it was like, no, the father's in the house. What am I afraid of? Right? I love you people. And this is a message that fell on me this morning early and um, I wrote a lot down and we're just going to talk about it. So today you'll notice some things in your in your seats and it's a fun thing that we're going to be doing. but. As I woke up this morning, it was on my heart that it's way deeper than that, and the, the story of Christmas and the first Christmas was such an amazing gift, and as I'm growing closer to him and bolder in him, and I'm, I'm letting go of myself and, and being grown in him, and he's starting to come out of my mouth, I'm becoming bolder and I'm becoming more confident and I'm, I'm hearing things from people and I'm speaking things differently. So bear with me this morning as we go over a little bit of this stuff. So in your chair, you're going to notice um, an ornament, a candy cane, some paper, and one of these little chains. And the powerful thing about this is what we're going to be making with this. So the ornament is going to hold your prayers. Those pieces of paper that are laid there are for you to write your inner deepest, most amazing prayers on, and what I'm going to talk about today has to do with prayer, and I don't want to be condescending. I know we all know what prayer is and what it's for, but it's changing for me in the way I'm praying and how I'm receiving my prayers and how I'm putting them out for my friends, my family, strangers, and all of you guys. So I've got... A lot of scripture that I'm going to read, and I'm going to start with the first one he laid on my heart this morning. They're quick, so I think I got 10 minutes, so we'll just see what he says. <laughs> Ephesians 6 And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. Philippians 4 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Romans 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Thessalonians 5:17. Pray continually. John 15:7. If you remain in me, my words remain in you. Ask, you w- ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. When I was when I was hearing some of these. It reminded me of being a mom, and I had teenage daughters and and teenage children, and they stopped talking to me and hurt me, because what I would see is them in pain, quiet, shutting the door, slamming the door, angry, turning their back on me, and I started thinking this morning, gosh, isn't that what God's telling us to do is to pray to him, begging for us to talk to him, begging for us to just open the door of communication, right? Right? I've stood up here and I've told you guys my life changed so much, but not for any other circumstance other than I was willing to listen and to be used. So I've got so many more, but I think what you guys are understanding is that I am realizing that my boldness in prayer has become a power that I have because I have a relationship with him. So what we're going to be doing with these ornaments is I'm asking you throughout This week, there'll be more up there. That tree on the end that Miss Brenda said was gonna be a prayer tree, it's gonna be symbolic because what we're gonna be doing is hanging these ornaments on this tree, and the symbolism of that is we are then going to be writing our names as a church body on these chains, and we are going to surround those prayers with our church's name, and we're gonna continuously pray for each other's prayers hanging on the tree. Unknown and bold. Last week, my girlfriend from Alaska was here. And without saying too much, personal for her. She hung a prayer on that tree. She's the first one there, and she'll be the first link in our chain. And she told me in private, "Um, it's bold. I put a bold prayer, something I would have never prayed. I put it in that secret ball. And later, she and I were at, at, at coffee, and she was talking to me about some things, and she became meek. And for some reason inside of me, I'm no, ma'am. We're going to be bold in our prayer right now. We're going. I'm going to take your hands. We're going to cast the enemy to the pit. We're going to break the strongholds. We're going to stop this fear. Your meek prayer, no, ma'am. You need to be empowered. You have the power over your family. We as women. We have so much power to protect our children and our families. When we are under the covering of our husbands who are leading us in faith, ladies, stand up and pray for your family. I am a witness to tell you it works. He listens, he is bold, and he is begging us to do it. So as we're going through the spirit of Christmas, please just start a new relationship. Let next year be a new journey for you because he wants to be those footsteps next to you. And if you, don't, if you can't walk, he'll carry you. I mean, all these things are being said to us, right? The other thing I just wanted to share with you guys is that some of us may or may not celebrate Christmases at home, but there's a lot of Christian symbolism that goes into this. The candy cane is one of them. The red stripes are for Jesus' blood, but the white is because we've been washed clean. Let's start this prayer chain for each other, washing each other clean, praying for protection, for health, for unity of this church body because this movement is something we would like to take to the street next year. This tree, would, we, we're going to make it something big. We're going to invite our community to come and put their prayers in a ball, and we are going to wrap this community with prayers because the darkness will no longer take Wimberly, take America, take the country. We are coming for it, and the enemy's on the run, people, so amen.
1: Amen. Well, in closing. I mean, how do you follow that? <laughs> Two powerful women like that getting up here. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. God is so good. Well, I want to welcome everyone to Hill Country Cowboy Church this morning. Glory to God. We didn't do our meat and grapes, so just everybody over here waving everybody over there. Everybody over there waving everybody over here. Now we got it done. Amen? Amen. Let me run through these uh, announcements really, really quick. Uh, Well, let's first off, let's take care of some business. You need a tithing offering envelope, a prayer request card. Raise your hand, and these gentlemen will put one in it. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've got a lot going on today, so we're going to kind of change things up. Glory to God. kind of lumped them together. So if you need a prayer request card, go ahead and keep your hand up. They'll give you one of them too. Amen? Good? Amen. Well, the Bible is quite clear about uh, uh, giving unto the Lord. I know everyone in here knows about that. Amen. If you don't, uh, I'll give you a scripture. Malachi 3.10 tells you to do that, it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. And uh we we serve a God that's uh, he's kind of like a Texan. He says, now I double dog dare you, or just he says, prove me in this. But I added the double dog dare you. He says, Go ahead and pay your tithes and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven for you. And pour you out a blessing that you cannot contain amen I know that Miss Brenda and I when we finally started practicing that uh, God turned our finances around it didn't come overnight but as we were kept being faithful then ever since uh, our faithfulness was kicked in uh, he has supplied every need we've ever had amen so let's stand our feet and give unto the Lord Hold your offering in your hand. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come into your house and worship you, Father, with our tithes, our gifts, and our offerings. Father God, we ask that you receive them, that you multiply them to the spreading of your gospel, and that you multiply them back into the households of the givers. We give you all praise and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen Amen and amen. Hallelujah. All right, children, y'all ready for church? Let's go have some church. Miss Brenda's going to preach it. No, I'm I'm sorry. Joe's going to preach this morning. (laughs) He's the only thing he's really learned so far is in closing. Amen. Let's stretch our hands out toward these young people. Father God, we thank you for each and every one of these young people. We thank you that they're being taught the word of God. And we thank you, Lord God, that uh, as they're being taught, they will not depart from it, but they will stay with you, Father, and stay in your word throughout all the days of their lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. The prayer request cards, guys, If uh, if you, if, uh, I didn't tell you this, but if you mark uh, private, we won't mention your name or the person that you're praying for. Amen? All right. Tomorrow night, guys, man up. amen amen Amen. glory to god then thursday night ladies sister to sister amen amen Uh, those who uh helped with the parking ministry this afternoon we're going to granny d's If you helped with the parking ministry amen hey y'all deserve a a, a clap offering amen you helped out with parking this year raise your hand amen you and your spouses are invited it has nothing to do with how many times you were out there amen and the family spouse family whoever i mean don't call your whole lineage Because there is limited space, but if you helped with parking in any way this year, it's about the fellowship, guys. Amen. It's about family, staying together. Uh, When we work together, we stay together. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, Those who uh, didn't make our white elephant and our spaghetti dinner last night, uh, you really missed out. We had a great time. Amen. Amen. And there was a lot of great gifts. I was really surprised. You know, uh, usually when I think of white elephants, everything in my yeah. bottom of my closet that I don't want anymore. But there was some pretty neat gifts. I'm really upset that I didn't get a chance for the ammo. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> yeah, birthday boy. Yeah. Uh, but then I found out he brought it, so when he went up there, he picked his own <laughs> gift. <laughs> hey, that's smart, brother. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Who ended up with it? Ed. Ed, okay. Ed did. Amen. He's not here today. He's out shooting it up yeah. <laughs> and, eating, and eating M&Ms <laughs> yeah. or whatever it was it was. with. It. Anyway, praise the Lord. Amen. Is that all, baby? Uh, oh, the BAM for Christmas. Be a miracle. Help us be a miracle to our, our chosen bad families. families. Uh, have your gifts back here as soon as possible, but no later than December <music> Well praise the Lord. We we'll welcome everyone that's joined us by live stream this morning. We are going to have a a great time in the in the Lord because we're going to be reading his word. Amen. Uh if you have your Bibles or because you do have your Bible, let me put it that way. Everybody needs to have a Bible. I said everybody needs to have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible this morning, I want, I want you to confess and say, I need a Bible. Just get her a Bible, please. You know, leaving home without your Bible is leaving home without a weapon to fight off the devil. And unless you've been around a whole lot longer than I have, because I've been doing this for over 25 years now, unless you've been around long longer than me, you don't have everything in your heart that you need. To survive, so without everything in your heart, you need to survive. You need to bring a Bible, so you can and a highlighter or two. You know, I like using different colors. You know, but then when I really want to highlight, I use a red pen, <coughs> circle it, put a bunch of stars by it. That's the ones I really need to change in my life. <laughs> Amen. but well, because you have your Bible, let's return to First Peter, chapter number three. I think it's First Peter. Lord, is that right? Second Peter. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, the Lord just corrected me on that when I and I saw that I thought, no, that's a typo. Of course, I did all the typoing. <clears throat> Second Peter, chapter three. And you know, in the last few weeks we've been uh, spending a lot of time, and the Lord's had me spending a lot of time talking about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and The end of this age and the rapture of the church and we w- we've been looking over the last couple of weeks about a- the different aspects or the different signs that Jesus told us to look for before his coming and uh, Then last Sunday we saw in the scriptures that one of the greatest signs that we would witness uh, before Jesus re- return is that we would see a great deception. Uh, not only in the, the in society and, uh, and around the world. But more than that, we would see a great deception in the t- today's churches. So we learned last week through God's word. How we are to recognize spiritual deception. So we can stay out of it. Amen. Uh, when the Bible says uh, that many. And he's talking, this is when he was talking to the church. Uh, All the letters of the epistles were talking to the church. Might as well get that in your spirit. So anything after the book of Acts was not wrote to sinners. It was wrote for sinners, but it wasn't wrote to sinners. It was written to you. So when it says get stuff out of your life, he ain't talking about sinners. He's talking about you getting it out of your life. When he says add stuff to your life he's not talking for about sinners adding stuff he's talking about the church adding it i've said many many times over the last few services or at least over the last year that we are living in chapters two and three of the book of revelation that i believe we are right now living the last days before jesus's return so this morning i want to go uh, i want us to look into god's word again and just see how you and i can uh keep the door closed uh to deception how many of you interested in keeping the doors closed on your family and on your life amen you know i believe the coming of the lord is imminent uh how many of y'all believe that i also believe god through the work of the holy spirit uh, uh, that god is endeavoring to tell all christians everywhere to get their life in order and, and really, I'm not trying to predict uh, the day of his coming, but from what we have been re- what's been revealed to us in God's word, we know it's coming soon. I mean, this, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. Amen. And we need to warn people. We need to warn family members. This is what this is all about. This church is growing in the Lord. This church is growing in the word. But as, as, And I really stress this on Wednesday nights. How many of the people sitting in this room have family members that are lost? Have family members that need more of God? Have family members that may have one foot in the world and then one foot in Christ? They go to church on Sundays, but they don't live for God during the week. How many of us have family members like that, that we need to tell them the truth? That they need to do more for the Lord? I'm not saying anybody's going to hell. God is the only one that knows that. I'm telling you there are criteria in this Bible to whether you're going to make the rapture or not, or you're going to be left behind. And if you don't know them, you better know them. Amen? Amen. Amen. Because you don't want to be here during the rapture. I've already preached two messages on the rapture. One of them was titled Living Ready. The other one was the rapture of the church. If you have not heard them or listened to those, I encourage you to download those and listen to them. They will give you revelation knowledge. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? Amen. So according to scriptures, there's really nothing else left to take place, listen to me, except the rapture of the church. That's the only things left. Matter of fact, I don't know when the Lord's going to get me to do it, But in the near future, I'm going to give you, I'm going to be talking to you about 20 signs that are biblical that have already happened. And the only thing that I know of in all my reading of the Bible, the only thing I know of that has not been done is the rapture of the church. So you better be ready. Amen. And I'm telling you, it could happen at any moment. The, a, a, actually, the trumpet could sound before we end this service, and I, I have to be honest with you. I hope it does, because I'm ready to go. Amen. Anyway, that's why I want to talk to you this morning. And this is the title of my message: about living a consecrated life. We need to live consecrated under God. I believe right now in the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit is convicting men and women of their sin, and he's telling them it's time to get your life right with God. I believe the Holy Spirit is leading more and more Christians away from churches that all they're there to do is entertain people and leading them to churches that preach the uncompromised word of God. Amen. I believe God is speaking to men and women's hearts even right now. In this building and watching my live stream this morning. He's speaking to your hearts right now saying there's not much time left. So pay attention to the times that in which we are living and live ready. Can I get an amen? amen? My brothers and sisters, the most important thing any person can do in this day and hour is get their house in order and live a consecrated life unto God. Why? Because we want to miss what's coming. We want to miss the great tribulation that is coming. If God said it's going to come, it's coming. Amen? How many of you want to miss it? How many of you want to stay here and preach it? Preach during it? I'm glad nobody answered. I raised their hand. Amen. Everybody's paying attention this morning, aren't they? One of my greatest uh, blunders was over in that church in san antonio and the church the pastor was just going on and i mean he was preaching like i am and all of a sudden he asked a question and it was it was a, not a good question and i just raised my hand and i looked around i was the only one <laughs> amen but praise god <clears throat> y'all are learning not to raise your hand so quick bud never raises his amen Except when I say who ain't gonna raise their hand, then buds just a waving at me. Amen. Hallelujah. We wanna live a consecrated life. Amen? Amen. The scriptures are very clear, my brothers and sisters, that only those, listen to me, whose hearts, everybody say hearts, whose hearts are right with God, and then doing their best. To live a consecrated life that is the only people according to scripture that will go in the rapture your heart has to be right with God and listen the Bible is very clear that you can't fool God because where a man's heart is that's where he's going to spend most of his time amen <clears throat> listen to your pastor now amen that's the only people that's going to make the tribulation let me put it this way, the people whose hearts are right are going to miss the tribulation. How, how does that sound better? Yeah. Amen. And if that's true and I believe it is, then how many listening to this message this morning think it's worth doing what it takes to live right? Listen, living a consecrated life of, uh, unto God is not a sacrifice or a burden. Living a consecrated life under God is an honor and a privilege. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And according to the scriptures, because that's where I always go, living a consecrated life is something that God expects and commands. How many of you know that? Amen. John said, uh, Jesus said in John 14, 15, just write that down. Jesus said in John 14, 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. Listen, just because a person calls themselves a Christian doesn't make them a Christian. Jesus said in Luke six forty six. And you can write that one down and look at the screen. You know, writing these down and getting them in your heart and then sharing them with others may just save somebody's life, their eternal life, not their physical life, but their eternal life. Amen. But this is Jesus talking to everyone, every Christian that says they're a Christian. This is him talking to him. He says in Luke 6 46, he says, But why do you call me Lord, Lord? Look at this. And do not do the things which I say. So is Jesus someone's Lord if they don't do what he says? See, I'm a logical preacher. If Jesus says, John, if you love me, you'll do my commandments. And I say I love the Lord, then I'm going to do everything I can to open this book and find out what his commandments are saying. Ain't I? Amen. People say, well, that's that's easy. There's only two. Love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. No. How many are there? 1,050 New Testament commands just for you. How many are you doing? Well, Pastor, I didn't know there were that many. Well, then you're not living ready. Hallelujah. That's right. Help us all, Lord. Amen. So if Jesus is someone's Lord, they will do what he says. Look at this in Matthew chapter 7. And I'm just giving you a couple of scriptures. There's a lot of them in there. Matter of fact, I got a little piece of paper up here that uh, has a whole... uh, list of them this is people who will not make the rapture right here if you, uh, you're interested in this I'll give it to you I'll give you the numbers after service amen amen but in Matthew chapter 7 verse 21 he says not everyone that who said to me Lord Lord shall enter the kingdom of what the kingdom of heaven isn't this amazing? but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Verse 22. Many will say, and he's talking to his disciples here, okay? Many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Whatever that word lawlessness is in your Bible, you need to underline it. You can't practice lawlessness or practice sin and call yourself a Christian. You might fall into lawlessness and you might fall into sin, but you can't practice it. Amen. Getting off of quiet in God's house. I'll be getting a whole lot more amens than I'm getting. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I know these are very, very sobering scriptures. And every Christian, every professing Christian needs to hear them. Because being a Christian according to the Bible is more than just saying you're a Christian. Being a Christian, according to the Bible, is more than just knowing there is a God. Being a Christian, according to the Bible, is to have a close and personal relationship, like Miss Holly said this morning, with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And that, that that's simple to do. It starts with giving your life to him. It starts with a simple prayer. But it has to be a prayer from the heart. Can't be just a bunch of words that you say. It has to come from your heart. You have to give your heart to Him. Then your flesh will just have to catch up. Amen? Amen. The Apostle Paul tells us what a personal relationship uh, with Jesus looks like in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. He said, It is no longer I who lives. Hallelujah. But it is Christ who lives his life in me. You need to mark that scripture in your Bible. And every time you call yourself a Christian, you need to go back and read it. It's not John that lives. It's Jesus Christ who lives through John. The question I have for all professing Christians that may be under sitting under the sound of my voice this morning is does Christ live his life in you? In other words, are you living your life the way you want to? Or are you allowing Christ, who is the incarnate word of God, live through you? Are you letting him live through you? Yeah, brothers and sisters, I know these are really tough questions. But listen, it's time to get real with God. It's time to quit sitting on the fence thinking you can keep one foot in the world and one foot in God and make it because you're not going to make it. I had a, I had a, uh, somebody told me a story here a while back about a, uh, a young lady that was sitting up on the fence and the demons kept coming to her saying, come on our side and their side was bearing here. She said, well, yeah, but your side's bearing. They say, yeah, it's bearing here, but it's not bearing over there. So come on our side. And we'll give you the kingdom. We'll give you everything you ever wanted. And at the same time, the angels were on the other side saying, come on our side. And their side was all plush and green, and you could see green as far as you looked. And both of them kept trying to convince her that their side was the best. And then they both went away. The demons went away, and the angels went away. After a time, the demons were the only ones that came back. And they said to her, come on and go with us. She says, well, I haven't made up my mind. They said, yes, you have. The fence belongs to us. The fence belongs to us. Ladies and gentlemen, the fence belongs to Satan. And if you are living on the fence, you're already in his kingdom. And you don't know it. Are you listening to me? hallelujah we need to get real with god better than that we need to get real with ourselves, because god knows where you're at and you can deceive yourself but you can't deceive god matter of fact the bible is very clear that those who aren't a doer of the word are deceiving themselves amen read the book of james hallelujah and i know more and more y'all are getting a hold of this amen amen but we need to go share it with other people who are still being deceived. Remember, this message is about deception. And many that are in the churches today are being deceived. And we need to tell them the truth. You can't keep living that way. Amen. You can. But it's not going to be a good end. Didn't Peter tell us uh, you'll reap what you sow? says if you'll, you sow to your flesh... You're going to reap corruption. You can't take that back, and he can't change it. If a person sows to their flesh, corruption's coming. There's no way to keep it from it. I've taught you over the last two lessons, if not more, that when God says something, it is so, period. Now, you can't even say, well, I just don't believe that. It don't matter whether you believe it or not. God's word is true, and every man a liar. Glory to God. Man, I'm preaching good. Somebody out there say glory to God. Preach it, Pastor. <laughs> Hallelujah. I won't just go out there and sit and shout. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. The Apostle Paul expresses through his letters to every church that there are two aspects of salvation that should be manifest in every Christian's life. First, is the forgiveness of sin. Second is the, the deliverance from sinning. Right. Amen. If you stay in Christ long enough, you need you will be delivered from sinning. Yeah, Matter of fact, Second Corinthians five seventeen says, if a man or a woman is in Christ, the old life is gone. So that old sinful life that John used to live is no more. Amen. And I need to get in line with the Word of God because if the Word says I'm a new creation in Christ, then I need to become a new creation in Christ. Amen. And being a new creation in Christ is what's going to keep me in right standing with Him and keeping me in right standing with Him is what's going to get me in the rapture. I'm ready. I'm living ready. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory. Ooh, hallelujah. Let me say this. The blood of Jesus will cover your sins. But the blood of Jesus cannot keep you from sinning. That's a choice. That's a choice you have to make. You have to consecrate yourself to, to God. Hallelujah. You know, I truly believe one of the biggest stumbling blocks for many Christians is this new age grace message. Preachers just out of cemetery standing in the pulpit telling good people that are wanting to learn that they can live any way they want to and that God's okay. Whether whatever lifestyle they choose. My brothers and sisters, that's wrong teaching. That goes against God's word, and it's right out of the pit of hell. And those preachers will be held accountable. And if any of y'all ever watch this message, preachers, I'm telling you, you better get your right life right with the Lord. And you better start leading people the right way. Because you will be held accountable. Hallelujah. The, clear, the scriptures clearly teach all Christians that when a person gets born again, they should want to get closer to God, not stay the same as they are. Listen, I did not get born again just to see how much of the world I could keep in my life and still make it in. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. When I got born again, I went all in for God. You know why? Because Jesus went all in for me. Glory. I went all in for him. Uh, and, and listen, if you're hearing this message this morning, sitting in here and watching by life, you need to go all in. Put pussyfooting around and get your life right. Amen. Hallelujah. We need to all be all in with God, especially right now in this day and hour. Can I get an amen to that? Living a consecrated life. What exactly does that look like, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I'm finally to Second Peter, <coughs> so we'll launch out here in Second Peter. Hallelujah, and then we'll let the God move us on from there. How about that? Second Peter, chapter three, verse number ten. Say amen when you're there. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, if I say therefore, therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord, uh, of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. What is Peter saying here? He's saying, if you and I really believe that Christ's return is imminent— if you and I really believe that this earth and everything on it will be renovated with fire, if you and I believe that the church will be raptured before this happens and we want to be part of that rapture, if you and I really believe what the Bible says is true, listen to me, church, then what kind of person should we be? And don't think about anybody else. Don't elbow that person next to you. What kind of person Should you be? If you believe the Bible is true, and it is, then what kind of person should you be? Amen. A Christ oriented person, letting Christ live through you instead of you living the way you want to. Listen, this is sobering. This means that everything you and I, and I'm not telling anybody to quit their job and just go sit at home waiting on the rapture. This, but this means everything that we see, everything that man has accomplished in his will and in his power is going to be burned up. Amen. And if that's the, t- the truth, and I believe it is, then why would we put that number one in our lives and put God on the back burner? Mm. Now we're getting real up in here. Hallelujah. Hmm. Glory to God. If I believed, and I do, that Jesus was coming back, and then at the end of the thousand years that he's going to rule and reign, uh, that this earth was going to be burned up and dissolved, and there was going to be a new heaven and a new earth, if I really believed that, I'd live right. Listen to me. Every Christian who claims to believe the Bible ought to be endeavoring to get closer to God. Closer to God than you've ever been. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm just saying we need to be closer to God than we were. Amen? Doing more. Every Christian ought to be seeking God more, not less. Everybody, every Christian ought to be seeking or reading their Bible more not less every christian ought to be praying more not less every christian ought to be seeking god's wisdom on how to live ready because if you ain't reading your bible you don't know what it takes to be ready everybody thinks they're a christian and everybody thinks everybody's going to heaven well i got news for you if you'll read your bible you'll see in 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 i think it's mark chapter 7 as well that jesus says Narrow is the road, and straight is the way that leads to righteousness and eternal life. And wide is the road that leads to destruction. And many, Jesus said this, many will go that way, and they don't have to. But they're sitting in churches all around the world, or mostly in the United States of America, because let me tell you something, the gospel of Jesus Christ is taken serious in third world countries. It's taken, it's, it's taken serious where people can, will uh, do anything they can to get just one page of the Bible. We are such a spoiled nation. Most houses have two and three Bibles in their house. And all of them are still brand new if they don't have dust on them. And that's a crying shame. We need to get right with God. This country needs to repent. Amen. And I, again, I know I'm preaching to the choir in here. But guess what? Now you've got something you can take into the world and preach to somebody else. Hallelujah. We ought to be seeking. God to speak to us about the areas of our life where we need to change. We ought to have a willingness to obey him when he does tell us where we need to change. Are you with me? Now, for the sake of time, I want to read verse 14 to the end of the chapter from the Amplified Bible, so just watch the screen. I want you to keep in mind that Jesus told us that this earth and everything in it will be renovated with fire. And then he asked Christians what kind of person they ought to be. 2 Peter 3.14 Amplified says, So, beloved, since you are expecting these things, be eager to be found by him at his coming, look at this, without spot or blemish, and at peace. How I many of you know if you're without spot or blemish, you are at peace? Amen? And those who still have a lot of spots and a lot of blemishes, you ain't living in peace right now. Matter of fact, you could be living in fear. It says, without spot or blemish and at peace, in serene confidence. Look at this. Free from fears. If you're living right, you're free of fear. Amen? Free of from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts. And consider that the long-suffering of our Lord, his slowness in avenging wrongs and judging the world, that's what grace is. Amen. His slowness is avenging wrongs and judging the world uh, is salvation, that which is conducive to the soul's safety. Even as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the spiritual insight given him, And I'm giving it to you because he gave it to me. Amen? Verse 16. Speaking of this as he does in all of his letters. So when you read the New Testament, it's going to say the same thing. The message is the same to every church. Amen? The message is the same to every church in the world today, no matter what they call themselves, whatever denomination it is. The message is the same repent and be saved amen not stay the same and think you're saved hallelujah all right praise the lord Hmm. look at verse 16 speaking of this as he does in all of his letters the uh now watch this there are some things in those epistles and he's talking to us now there's some things in the epistles of paul's that are difficult to understand which the ignorant and unstable. These are Christians who haven't heard the truth like you have, right? You're not ignorant and you're not unstable if you've been listening and doing. But that's what he's talking about here. These are the people, uh, Christians, who haven't heard the truth, which is the ignorant and unstable, look at this, twist and misconstrue, to their own utter destruction just as they distort and misinterpret the rest of the scriptures verse 17 he says let me warn you let me warn you therefore beloved that knowing these things beforehand you should be on your guard lest you be carried away by the error of lawlessness and wicked persons and fall from your own present firm condition Your own steadfastness of mind. I'm telling you, be on guard. Amen? Be on guard not to be deceived. Be on guard to keep your faith up in Jesus Christ. Peter is warning the Christians who claim to know the truth to be on guard lest they be deceived. And then he closes his sermon. I'm not closing, Jake. He closes. He closes his sermon in verse number 18. He says, But grow in grace, the undeserved favor, spiritual strength, and recognition and knowledge and understanding of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Messiah. To him be glory, honor, majesty, and splendor, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. So be it. My brothers and sisters, in the light of the truth that we have just learned, in the light of the truth that's being presented this morning, in the light of the truth that everybody or everything in society, uh, that everything that society puts such a high value on, let me put it that way, in the light of the truth that all of that will be destroyed, in the light of the truth that Jesus could come back in at any moment in the light of everything we know to be true how many of you believe we ought to live separated from sin how many of you really believe that you ought to be separated from the cares of this world how many of you really believe that a consecrated uh, that you ought to be living a consecrated life how many of you believe that our life should always bring God honor and glory. Can you say amen? amen? Let's look at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter number 6. You know, and people say and they say, Pastor, man, you just you really just set the bar way too high. Nobody can live that way. Yes you can. I said yes you can if you choose to. Didn't Jesus say that uh, we could do all things through Christ who strengthens us? Amen. Now, I'd have to tell you that you may have to separate yourself from some of those folks you used to hang out with that don't want to live holy, that don't care about uh, living sinful lives, but you can't do it. You can't, because I did. I heard a person say one time, you know, living a consecrated life is a lonely life. It may start out that way, okay? Because when I first started living a consecrated life, me and her was the only two there. My family turned against me. My cousin, who I dearly loved, turned against, didn't turn against me, but never didn't want to be around me. Light can't fellowship with darkness. How many of you know that? Amen. And you can't fellowship with them. Amen. So they didn't want to be around me anymore. But let me tell you something. Look around now. See, we're like-minded. See, God multiplied. See, we gather together. Amen. Like-minded people gather together. And I, let me give you some good news. My, my cousin got saved. My best friend that didn't want to be around me anymore, he got saved. Both of them are saved today. Uh, I know one of them watches my live stream. How you doing, Ed? Uh, uh, my, my cousin, he's still in the choir over at that other church, still serving the Lord. Amen. Amen. So what the devil meant for bad when I first got saved, God turned to good. Amen. But we have to separate ourselves from those folks that we used to hang out with if they don't want to come over to our side. Don't let them drag you down. You bring them up. I said you bring them up. Amen. Everybody needs Jesus. They may think they got Jesus. But see, they they may not know the same Jesus you know. Hallelujah. Glory to God glory hallelujah so where we at second corinthians chapter six thank you brother verse number 14 and again excuse me let me give you a drink praise the lord y'all still with me hallelujah and again this is paul not addressing sinners but he's addressing the church at Corinth, uh, and he's con- he's uh, he's uh, addressing them concerning uh, that he had heard that members of the church were still partaking in worldly activities and worldly behaviors and worldly rituals, activities that could lead a person to apostasy. We call that backsliding. Look at what he says in verse fourteen. He says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Isn't that amazing? And let me just put a disclaimer right. I'm not talking about your spouse. Amen? I'm not talking about your family members. Listen, if it's your spouse that, uh, it, that you're unequally yoked to, let me tell you this. Dance with the one that brought you. Are you hearing me? You took them for better or worse. Put up with the worst until the better comes. Hallelujah. That's what Miss Brenda did. Hallelujah. (laughs) Got too big an amen there, girl. (laughs) Amen. Don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Look at this. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial or Satan? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Look at this. Therefore. That means because of everything I just told you. Therefore, come out from among them and be what? Separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I want to stop right there and say, what you may think is unclean may not be what God knows is unclean. You better get in this book. And see what he says is unclean. Are you hearing me? Amen. Because it don't matter what you think's unclean. He's not talking about what you think or what you believe. Or what you've been taught all your life. He's talking about his word. And his word is very specific about what he calls unclean. Amen. And again, I have a bunch of scriptures that prove what I'm telling to you, saying to you this morning. Amen. Touch not that which is unclean. Look at this. And I will receive you I will be a father to you oh good thank you Lord and you shall be my sons and daughters says the Lord God Almighty I want you to notice again that Paul is talking to who the church say to me amen he's talking to Christians <clears throat> and he's talking to Christians who are wanting to continue keeping one foot in the world and one foot out. They want to go to church on Sundays. But they want to live like they want to the rest of the week. Amen. They want to stay connected. To all those worldly things that they like so much. And he lays out. Listen to me. He lays out a clear cut case. For them to separate themselves from them things. And you know how he does it? Asking them questions. A good teacher always asks questions. So I'm going to ask you some questions. What fellowship has righteousness, which you say you are, with lawlessness? What communion has light, which you say you are, have with darkness? What agreement has the temple of God, which you say you are? With other idols sobering questions aren't they well God is asking those not pastor John he's asking every one of us those those identical questions that he's he asked them back there so my question to you is what part of the world are you still yoked to think about that what part of the world are you still yoked to? Are you still yoked to darkness? Are you still yoked to unrighteousness? Are you still yoked to idols of this world? Each of us have to answer those questions. I have to answer it for me, and you have to answer it for you. Amen. And God already knows the answer. He's already answered it for you. He's already said, light can't fellowship with darkness. So if you're light, you can't keep going around people who are dark without your light shining on them. I know in my early years of Christianity, when I went around people that I loved being around, uh, this was before 1997, it was when I, 1984 to 1990, uh, I was in the church, but I wasn't the church. And when I went around my friends, I'd still do some of the things that they like to do. I still talked the way I talked. I still walked the way I walked. Of course, every Sunday now, I put on my suit and I was in church. Amen. Guess what happened? Exactly what I told you would happen apostasy. I backslid because I wasn't being able to endure the Word of God. Nobody who does not do the Word of God on a regular basis will ever stay. In the word of God. It gets easier and easier to stay away from church. It gets easier and easier to hang out with the boys or the girls. You now, one drink ain't going to hurt. Well, let's have two. Man, margaritas are so good. That cold beer tastes so good. That joint makes me feel so good. God says come out from amongst that stuff separate yourself from that sin and it is a sin well jesus turned water into wine he didn't drink it and nobody can prove to me to this day that that wine that he made had alcohol in it nobody can because the scriptures don't bring it out i don't believe anything but what the bible says i don't care what your opinion is I don't care if you think, well, you're going to justify you having a few glasses of wine or a couple bottles of wine, that you're going to justify your drinking by saying, Jesus, turned water into wine. Don't go there with me. You know why? Because you're going to get the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, do I have anything against a person drinking a glass of wine or a cold beer? No. Bible don't speak against that. It speaks against drunkenness. Hallelujah, we're not going to go there. It's only my piece of paper, though. But these are the notes we're going to preach off of, right? Amen. (laughs) Each of us have to answer the questions that God asked them. Now, I want you to look at verse number 17 again. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 17. It says, Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. It says, Do not touch the unclean thing. Now, watch this. And I will receive you. Notice the rewards of coming out from amongst things and being separate. He says in verse 18, he says, I'll be a father to you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord God Almighty. I got a question for you. If we don't come out from amongst them. Yeah, y'all know where I'm going with that, so we'll just move on. Look at what God offers every born-again Christian that comes out from amongst the world. He says, I will live in you. I mean, you know, God ain't going to live in a temple that's full of sin. You may think he is, but he ain't. He says, I'll walk with you. I'll speak with you. I'll be a father to you. He says, everything I have. And everything I've created for you will be yours. and all you have to do as part of our covenant agreement with one another is you have to come out and separate yourself from the things of this world. the things that hinder me from giving you what I want to give you. Let me tell you something. people are their worst hindrance because they don't want to give up sin. God don't hinder God don't love you any less. Listen to me. He don't love you any less. He's loved many people even though they chose the path of destruction and went on to hell. And once you're there, he can't get you back out. There ain't no praying you out. There ain't no paying you out. When you're there, you're there. Amen. Mm-hmm. Sing it, brother. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Listen. Your pastor. Loves you very much. And I'm doing everything I can to preach you ready. Now, whether you receive what I have for you and you want to be ready is up to you. But I want us all to go in the rapture together. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let me get back on my notes. Maybe want to cry up here. Praise the Lord. Therefore, let's just uh, let's move on into 2 Corinthians chapter 7. I gotta hurry. It says in uh 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. It, there's that word there again. Therefore. Having these promises, what promises? Everything he just promised you. To be your father, you'll be their sons and daughters, I'm going to give you everything i got. Uh, Therefore, having all those promises, my beloved, therefore, having all those promises, my beloved, look at this, let us, everybody say me, let us cleanse ourselves. Was you to say god take this from me he don't want it you get rid of it i told a story about a a lady you know, of course this is back in the old days now and when ladies used to dip snuff And she was at the altar crying out and the, the pastor heard her crying out and she was saying lord take this stuff, stuff from me take it from me lord she was just a crying out to god take it from me lord finally the pastor went over there to her and said what is it you want God to take? Oh, Pastor, this old snuff. I just want to get rid of it. She said, well, get rid of it then. Cut it off. God don't want it. He don't dip snuff. He don't smoke cigarettes. He don't drink beer. You want to get rid of all that crud? Get rid of it. Crucify your flesh like my, my Bible tells you to. The Bible says crucify your flesh daily. Amen. Hallelujah. Therefore having these promises, beloved let us cleanse that word cleanse means to purge Let us purge ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit in other words purge ourselves from all immoral behavior purge ourselves from lifestyles that are immoral in God's eyes Purge ourselves from all those secret sins, you know those ones done out of the sight of man, but God still sees. Can they get an amen? Purge ourselves from all the things that have so deceptively disqualified so many Christians in their lives with God. Disqualification. I don't ever want to be disqualified. I'm going to do whatever it takes to keep myself qualified. Amen. Notice he says we have to purge ourselves from all these things, perfecting holiness in the fear. That word fear is the same one I told you about a while ago, in reverence fear of God. Now, pull that up in the Amplified. It says, therefore, since these great promises are ours, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from everything, look at this, that contaminates and defiles the body And the spirit and bring our look at this consecration to completeness in the reverential reverential fear of God hallelujah now that's not a fear that he's saying God's gonna slap you down or hit you with a great big old fly swatter if you keep acting like a fly amen now listen to me the Old Testament where there was no grace, when people rebelled, they got destroyed. Period, physically and spiritually. Thank God for Jesus. I said, "Thank God for Jesus. Yeah. Thank God for grace." Yeah. Well, there'd be a lot of French fries walking. Well, just okay. You can't walk if you're a French fry, right? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Thank God for grace. Because, see, under grace, He won't destroy us. But the grace period is just about over. Amen. Hallelujah. He's talking about having such a reverence for the things of God and for God Himself that you want to cleanse yourself of the contaminants of this world, that you want to cleanse yourself of the things that are immoral. That you want to consecrate yourself more unto God. But notice this, my brothers and sisters, that the decision is yours. The decision is yours and the decision is mine. You have to cleanse yourself. You have to consecrate yourself. You have to repent and renew your mind to the word of God. If you don't know how to act, if you don't get this word and you don't know how to act, ignorance is not an excuse. Is it? How many of you have ever tried to tell a cop you didn't see the speed sign? Ignorance is no excuse. But you're going to fall on his mercy, right? So you tell a lie to get out of a ticket. Ooh. You better read Revelation that says all liars will have their place in the lake of fire. Before you tell that again, if you told that kind of a lie, you better ask God to forgive you. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. Notice the decision is yours and mine, and we have to renew our mind to God's word. Amen. Matter of fact, true repentance, uh, that's actually what it means. It means a renewing of the mind. It means changing your mindset, changing your mind to live different, changing your mind to think different, changing your mind to act different to behave different to talk different amen it's a uh, repentance is changing amen hallelujah my point is consecrating ourselves unto god takes us you and i changing our mindset so that our mindset lines up with god's holy word kind of get an amen to that let's look at romans chapter number 12. romans 12. hallelujah The end gets better, and I'm trying to hurry. Only five more pages. Y'all better start listening quick. Hallelujah. My point is, we need to consecrate our lives. Amen? All right. Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. And listen, I'm not trying to be mean this morning. I love each and every one of you. Amen. I'm just trying to tell you the truth. My job is to tell you the truth. One of these days, I'm going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. And the only way I'll do that is to always tell you the truth that I find in the book. Not, when I, not the truth that I think, but the truth that he gives me. Amen. Romans 12.1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren... That word besiege is like the same word I used last week when I got Jason up here, uh, where I just—it'd uh, be like me taking anybody and or God taking anybody and just holding them up, looking them right in the eyes, saying, "Listen to what I'm about to tell you. It could save your eternal life." Y'all got that picture? Listen to what I'm about to tell you. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you offer or present or surrender your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, acceptable to God. Not you, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. The Amplified says it like this. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, And beg of you I'm not gonna beg you I'm just gonna read it I think you're grown folks you ought to be able to make a choice for yourself quality decision change that's what it reads that's what I'm gonna read to you he's got a lot more mercy than I do praise the (laughs) Lord I appeal to you therefore brethren I beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive the dedication of your bodies presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Notice our consecrating our life unto God is spiritual worship. You see, true spiritual worship isn't just about lifting our hands. And singing a slow song to God. Amen. Uh, True spiritual worship is God looking down from heaven at my life, at your life, looking at each of our lives and seeing that the way we're living our life is bringing honor and glory unto Him. That, my brothers and sisters, is true spiritual worship. Now I like the songs, I like singing, I like praising the Lord. But more than that, when my heavenly Father looks down from heaven, I want him to see me living right. Can they get an amen to that? You know, some may think that living a consecrated life under God is just too big a sacrifice. But when you think about how merciful God has been to all of us, to you, to me, when you think of his mercy, when you consider Jesus' consecration, what if he just say, what if he said, well, I know I should go down there, Lord, uh, Father, but you know, I just got something else to do today. What if Jesus did that? What if Jesus put you on the back burner? What if Jesus put you second place? Why would, Father, but I got a ball game to go to. The heavenly angels are playing the demons today. And I want to be there to root them on. Yeah, we're getting real up in here. I just got this party to go to, or that party to go to. I'll be in church next Sunday, promise you, Pastor. I'll be there. need to live a consecrated life when we consider Jesus's consecration when we consider Jesus's sacrifice when we consider that Jesus paid the ultimate price for you and for me and for all humanity when we take the time to think about the love of God uh, the love that God has for each and every one of us yeah, John 3.16, I told you I'd bring it up sometime. Amen. When we take the time to think about his love that he has for all of humanity, then living a consecrated life, my brothers and sisters, is no longer a sacrifice. It becomes an honor. We need to honor the Lord with our lives. Amen. Because he honored us with his, by his, when he hung on the cross. And wouldn't it be ironic? It's on the 25th of December when we're celebrating Christmas that the trumpet sounds. And we go to get to go see him face to face. Wouldn't that be ironic? I'm not saying it's going to happen. Don't leave here and say, well, pastor's predicting. No, he's not. I'm just saying, wouldn't it be ironic if that happened? And I've got to be honest, I hope it does. I'm ready to go. Amen. I'm ready to wrap this thing up and get on home. Amen. And yeah, I got all the luxuries that everybody else has. And people say, well, I don't want to go right now. I just got a new car. Really? When you got a mansion in heaven, and then, here's the best thing, you know, I'm getting way. I'm going down a bunny hole. Yeah. Did You know that Philip, after he preached to the eunuch, was translated over 25 miles, just like that? Read the Bible. The mode of transportation is heaven. and say, I want to be over there, and you're there. Amen. I truly believe that. Jesus walked through crowds where they never saw him again. Amen. Hallelujah. I look forward to that. And you want to drive your Mercedes. Come on all right let me get back on this praise god it's an honor to live for god amen i say it's an honor father god to live for you i say it's an honor to purge my life of all sin i say it's an honor to dedicate my life to living holy and acceptable unto you father i say it's an honor to let jesus christ live through me it's an honor To say it's no longer I who lives, but Jesus living in me. Can I get an amen to that? Is my flesh perfected? No. But let me share something with you. My heart is. My flesh may not be perfect, but my heart is perfect toward God. Period. Nobody could drag me away from it. Nobody could offer me enough kingdoms of the world. To move away from the word of God. My heart is toward the heavenly father. And he knows that. My flesh. That's another story. That's a work in progress. Just like yours is. Amen. You see when I got born again in 1997. Something happened on the inside of me. Something happened deep down in my heart. That couldn't be undone. I couldn't explain it. I went home and told Brenda about it. Even though we was living in the flesh at that time, I told her, I can't live that way no more. i got to move on with God. Amen. And ever since that time, he's been giving me scriptures because that's what I told him to do. I said, Lord, show me where I'm making my mistakes. You are incapable of a mistake. All you transgenders out there think God made a mistake, you're living a lie. Amen. God don't make mistakes. He don't make abominations period something happened on the moon side of me it didn't change my flesh but it changed my heart and from that, that day forward I've been toward God and I put everything second I put that woman that I've been married to for 50 years second to, uh, only to God amen each one of you men in here you need to put God first in your life and your spouse second. <clears throat> you need to put God first in your life, uh, other than, uh, and then your spouse second, and then your family third, and then the, your church and all your church activities fourth, and your job needs to be last in your life. But there's too many people, too many Christians living exactly opposite. Let me tell you something everything you're working for is going to burn up. The only thing you're going to get to take to heaven with you is your family. Period. No U-Hauls. are going up there. No 401Ks. Only you and those you witness to. A wise man once told me, save yourself and all those who will listen to you. And that's what I've been doing ever ever since. I saved myself first. I let Jesus save me. Then I'm preaching his gospel. Can I get an amen? Oh, I can't skip anything, God. Sorry. Hallelujah. I crucify my flesh daily. Now, I do have one more scripture. Are you good for one more? Yes. Hallelujah. Are you learning something new? Yes. Well, praise God. Now, for the sake of time, I am going to read this last one out of the Amplified Bible. So just look at the screen. It says in Luke chapter 1. Verse number 74 and 75, it says, To grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of the foes, of our foes, that means you're saved, might serve him, capital H, talking about Jesus, fearlessly. Watch this. In holiness, in divine consecration, and righteousness, Jacob in accordance with the everlasting principles of, 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 of right within his presence all the days of our lives. Listen, knowing that I am born again and I have been saved from myself, from Satan, and eternity in hell, I'm going to live in holiness. I'm going to live in right standing with God. And I'm going to live in the everlasting principles of his holy word. In other words, I'm going to live a consecrated life in his presence. All, not some, all the days of my life. How many of y'all want to do that with me? Amen. Well, let's stand together. Praise God. Hallelujah. Say this with me. I'm going to live a consecrated life in the presence of the Lord all the days of my life in Jesus name now give the lord a clap offering <laughs> we end every service with giving everyone not only in this room but those watching by live stream this morning giving you an opportunity to give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ because everything I said today if you ain't saved If you haven't asked him to be the Lord of your life, everything I said today does not apply to you. You're lost without a Savior. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you want to dedicate your life this morning to the Lord Jesus Christ, and you want him to come into your heart and not only be your Savior, but be the Lord of your life, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand and put it right back down. God sees all those hands. With every head raised and every eye open, let's pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. And on the third day, he rose and set me free. Jesus, come into my heart. Change me from the inside out. Show me in your word what you would have me do and I'll do it immediately in your precious name I pray amen and amen let's give the Lord another clap offering hallelujah to Jesus for all those who gave their heart to the Lord this morning the Bible says heaven rejoices when a soul comes to him praise God hallelujah all right the last thing we want to tell you this morning is we serve a miracle working God and you my brothers and sisters are always the next in line for your miracle. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.